Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What is 15 times 4? 15 times 4. Oh gosh. <laughs> 20, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, like, just who would ask that? What a crazy, out-of-nowhere trivia question. Right, right. And then everybody's, like, looking around. And the f- one gal finally, like, 48. Everybody's like, yeah, 48. I'm with her, 48. I like the first guest of 23. So if there are four 15s, Close. it's going to be somewhere around 23. Right. Good guess, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So I was uh, reminded of that when I saw this. One of my favorite, uh, or it's a good, solid uh, Twitter follow, anyway. So I'm at Walmart scanning and bagging my almost $300 worth of groceries while the employee that wants 15 bucks an hour monitors. Then this happens. Her, why are you double bagging all of your groceries? Me, excuse me? You're wasting our bags. If you don't like the way I'm bagging the groceries, feel free to come on over here and bag them yourself. <laughs> That's not my job. Oh. Okay, then I will bag my groceries how I please if that's all right with you. Why are you using two bags? Because the bags are weak and I don't want the handles to break or the bottoms to rip out. Well, that's because you're putting too much stuff in the bag. 
If you took half of that stuff out and put it in a different bag, then you wouldn't need to double bag. Funny. Ten seconds of me just staring at her. <laughs> Funny. Me. So you want me to split these items in half and put half of them in a different bag so that I don't have to double bag. Exactly. So I would still be using two bags to hold the same number of items. No, because you wouldn't be double bagging. Okay. Me pressing two fingers to my left eye and attempt to make it stop twitching. Okay. Okay. So here I have a jug of milk and a bottle of juice, double bagged. If I take the milk out and remove the double bagging and just put the milk in a single bag and the juice in that single bag, I'm still using two bags for these two items. No, because you're not double bagging them, so it's not the same number of bags. Now, come on. Kennesaw State grad right there. <laughs> Class A, moron. Hmm. Anyway, uh, der, well, this is what happens uh, teaching intersectionality and settler colonialism instead of reading and writing. Uh, and then at the opposite end of the uh, age scale, you've got our going on nonagenarian president who was speaking uh, in Las Vegas at a big friendly campaign-ish gathering. Not that he's really campaigning. It's becoming more and more clear they're hiding him in the basement. The idea that he would not do, the president has, has turned down the opportunity to do a friendly field softball campaign slash pushing his priorities interview before the Super Bowl ought to be scary to most Americans. His people believe he's not coherent enough, which is just unbelievable. It's an advertisement. It's an advertisement on the pregame of the yeah. Super Bowl. So Jonathan Martin of Politico, not a right winger, tweeted out yesterday, if you don't think somebody is skipping the Super Bowl pregame interview two years in a row, a massive free media opportunity is looking to avoid any unforced errors, you should pay closer attention. That's from Politico. With their headline being Senior Democrats' private take on Biden, he's too old. Of course. It's self-evident. The, the, uh, this is straight out of the emperor's new clothes. Where the courtiers pretend that uh, the king which, has wonderful new clothes and everybody can see he's naked. They just don't have the courage to say it. Which includes, by the way, in Jonathan Martin's article in Politico. Um, so Biden was uh, hit with the question yesterday when he was somewhere about debating Trump. And he said, if I were him, I'd want to debate me too. He's got nothing else to do. Not exactly sure what that answer means, but Jonathan Martin Politico said, Now cometh the news cycle when Dems realize Biden is going to avoid debates, hope they can pin it on Trump for not doing debate uh doing debates with his rivals, that they can make that argument. So that's what that's we're gonna stretch. have. Um and uh, Jonathan Martin said, this has literally been the Biden plan for a year. They believe that Trump or any other Republican nominee will be reluctant to work with the Commission on Presidential Debates, lessening the chances and risk of a head-to-head -head debate. So mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons, there's unlikely to be a debate between Trump and Biden. I'm not sure that that works to Trump's deficit. Um, I think the worst thing that can happen for Trump at this point is he reminds a certain chunk of society who he is. Oh, I see what you're driving at. Because yeah. Trump lawyers are voting for him anyway. And then there's a certain crowd that's just so fed up with the left, they're willing to give Trump a chance. And I think if he's on stage spouting some of his stuff, they might be, oh, yeah, right. There he goes on about the stolen election again. And so it might, It might not be a bad thing for Trump not to debate either. 
These are strange times. I'd anyway, say it, here's don't here's Biden. Mess with the minimum America unless you want to get the benefit. <laughs> well, I don't know. You sound pretty sharp there. Here's Biden in Las Vegas. One of the keys to understand or enjoying this tape is that Francois Mitterrand died 28 years ago. Right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Oof. And I looked at him. And the, and the Chancellor of Germany said, what would you say, Mr. President, if you picked up the paper tomorrow in the London Times, and the London Times said, a thousand people break through the House of Commons, break down the doors, two bobbies are killed in order to stop the election of the Prime Minister, what would you say? I never thought about it from that perspective. What would we say if that happened in another democracy around the world? Well, the whole world watched. The whole world watched. And what's going on? Well, guess what? It's not going to happen. He's not, you know what's going to happen if he loses. He's going to lose. You know, this guy has an interesting vocabulary. He calls immigrants vermin who poison the blood of the nation. It's hard to make this up. He's kind of all wow. over the place. Uh, not a horrible point about the whole, uh, what if we saw this in another country? I mean, if the same thing that happened January 6th happened in London or Paris or Berlin, the capital of Germany? Maybe, Jack. We're still checking. No, it's um, not Munich. Uh, I would watch that news all day long and think, what the hell is going on there? Sure. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, the rambling incoherence at either end of that... And I said, uh, Mitterrand is the president of Germany, or France. Uh, we're back, and he said, "What? Why? Um, what? Um, how? For how long? <laughs> wow! Wow! That's standing up in front of an audience at a microphone, which tends to focus you a little bit, right? So, perfect time for this. Then the." Um the no-labels third-party thing. Can a third-party actually make a dent for the first time in 30 years? The group's theory, the no-labels, of victory hinges on the fact that Biden and Trump are incredibly unpopular. A January News Nation Decision Desk HQ poll found that 59% of people don't want a Trump-Biden rematch. I've seen higher numbers than that. What's more, 63% of American adults believe that the Republican and Democrat parties do such a poor job of representing the American people that a third party is needed. 63% of people say that. Wow. According to a Gallup poll, the highest level since Gallup began asking the question, that whole two-thirds think a third party would be a better idea. Highest level they've ever had in Gallup. So No Labels itself has conducted extensive polling and modeling that show at least on paper an opening for a centrist ticket. The group commissioned a December 22 national poll in which 59% of respondents said they'd be open to voting for a moderate independent for president if the alternatives are Trump and Biden. That's 60%. 
A similar poll in eight battleground states released last summer found even more voters would consider such a candidate. So, where are we then? Um, in a multi-candidate race, you might only need 34% to get all of the electoral votes, because it's winner-take-all in almost every state. And you get you split it three-way, 34% might do it. Mm-hmm. No labels modeling shows that a moderate Democrat and a moderate Republican ticket securing a plurality of the vote, 34%, compared to Biden's 33.3 and Trump's 32.7 in in some polls that they've looked at. The problem is this. Over the last two years, No Labels has invested heavily in ballot access across the country. They're in a whole bunch of states, blah, 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 blah. Ross Perot, at this point in 1992, hadn't even started the process, and he ended up on all 50. So if you got the money and the organization, you can end up on all 50, and they're already on 18. The problem is they haven't picked a candidate yet. And uh, the history of these things is people saying, yes, I would love a moderate Republican and a moderate Democrat. Then you put actual names on there and then they say, oh, no, I don't want him or her. Sure. For whatever reason. And the numbers go way down from there. Right. The hypothetical candidate, you get to fill the vessel with your own hopes and dreams. They're an empty vessel. Or somebody with no baggage. Everybody's got some baggage. They voted this way on this or that way on that. And it turns you off. Yeah. And whether it's legitimate or not, the other guys come at them with their their brick bats and their attack dogs and the rest of it and try to portray them as, you know, right. You know, scum. You know, one thing you could get the Republican Party and the Democratic Party to agree upon? Let's just make sure no other party gets a shot. Let's make one thing sure between the two. of Behind closed doors, I guarantee you this is true. The RNC and and DNC would say, I don't care if Biden or Trump wins, but we can't have a different party win. That is not on the table. They might be having weekly meetings about how to stamp out no labels or any other effort. RFK Jr., do you think that's true, what I just said? Yeah. That oh, yeah, behind 100%. the scenes, the top people in the party leadership would say Biden or Trump, but not a third party, or we're doomed. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun to watch. It's certainly going to change the politics. And then, so I don't think a third party candidate will win, but God, they get, they get half of that. They get 15%. It's going to throw it one way or the other. It depends on who they siphon the most from. Which will be the entire discussion. A vote for Schmedovich is a vote for Trump. Or vice versa. Right. Which is true. Is the thing. Uh, How about uh, Nikki Haley and Joe Manchin? I wonder. Which one would be on top? Gotta have the gal. The woman on on top. You'll pardon me. I do. I really do. Yeah. For reasons that it's time for a woman president. Laziness? Is that why? Just easier? <laughs> uh, you know what? Take a quick nap. I believe if you in want. sharing the workload. Right? <laughs> I don't think that makes me a bad guy. <laughs> and it's time for a woman president. I'm empowering them by sharing now, the I don't workload. know what you're talking about. I just think it's time for America's women to be representative in the, the highest office. What are your thoughts? Text line 415 295 KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Really, man, come on. Six o'clock. One interesting thing about this Toby Keith song, Beer for My Horse's big popular song, with Willie Nelson, he's dead, Willie Nelson's still alive. Toby Keith died yesterday at 62. Willie Nelson has outlived an awful lot of people younger than him. That reminds me of the somewhat dark joke that if in 1992 you had bet that Bob Dylan would be the longest surviving traveling Wilbury, right. you could have made a million dollars. Now, Jeff Lynn is still kicking, but... Not if I could Jeff Lynn, I'd watch my back <laughs> when you get your hands on him. 
<laughs> I'll show you. Uh, so uh, this is uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson doing some sort of press conference, and they asked him, because Chicago's got a hellacious problem with illegal immigrants. Hellacious. It doesn't get a fraction of the attention of New York City because it's not New York City. But trust me when I know, I hear from friends and family, Chicago is drowning. So one reporter asks him, are you going to go to the border? And here's Let's Go Brandon Johnson's answer. I've been very clear from the very beginning about the elements that were necessary to solve the border crisis. I just don't believe that the Senate bill, as I've explained in all of our statements, meets the criteria that's necessary to solve the problem. What the hell was that? Sorry, I got the wrong one. Wrong Johnson okay. here. Here we go. 35? I have children who attend schools who have soccer games, y'all. Yes, sir. You know, you all are asking me as if I'm not a parent in this city. I get it. I'm mayor. I get it, but you're asking me to give you a date, and I have to court. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. I have a wife. I have children. They have schedules. And plus, we still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address, and I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. I am going to the border as soon as possible. What was the race part there at the end? I have a black wife and three black kids. So you're busier? Well, I just think that was a really sad effort to play the race card. Mm. And what's funny about that was his whole, no, I haven't gone to the border. I'm the mayor of Chicago, and I've got kids. He should. Why would I go to the border? i got to deal with the budget. That was a pretty solid answer. Yeah, I don't know if you need to mention the kids or the race of his wife, but. I'm the mayor of a city. I don't. Why would I visit the border? That's a federal issue. Well, and he's got three black kids with three black wives. Now I remember the uh, the Eric Adams uh, story that I or the tape I wanted to get to from yesterday. Um, it was a similar thing where out of nowhere he starts going hard at the race card. The only people are only reason people are criticizing me is I'm black. Have you? witnessed politics in the past i mean like that's the one inevitable deal is people are gonna gripe about the job you're doing no you could be like swedish you could be an albino swede and people would be bitching about the job you're doing right or half at least half the people would be oh yeah absolutely well yeah some people yeah that's just i'm a white dude what am I going to tell Eric Adams? But do you know how that makes you look? It's not good. It's not good. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've been very clear from the very beginning about the elements that were necessary to solve the border crisis. I just don't believe that the Senate bill, as I've explained in all of our statements, meets the criteria that's necessary to solve the problem. The president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. She'll just so, say anything. So that was Speaker Johnson point. first. To say, uh, yeah. he's, mm-hmm. he, he, re, he rejected the bill out of hand. It turns out it's not going to matter because it doesn't look like it's going to get out of the Senate anyway, right? Right. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Then KJP with some more of her hilarious comedy stylings. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I've got some really interesting commentary on that in a second. Um, but go ahead. Were you going to jump in? Oh, I think, well... My commentary is on that. Also, I think I think I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work pretty well. The look, the Republicans could have solved it, but all they care about is the issue. They don't care about you, the American people. I think hmm. it's going to work for half the country. Yeah, I don't know if it'll work enough, given Biden's absolutely miserable ratings on so many key issues and his senility and the rest of it. Oh, speaking of which, I I, I watched the video of the audio we played about. I told Mitterrand, and he said, well, he was said, uh, uh, watching the video. Oh, it's more striking than the audio. Oh, really? Because he is a lost old man. God, I saw a video of him walking from the helicopter to the White House last night. Oh, Physically, you know, that yeah. physically he is struggling. 
Well, he's a man near the end of his life. I mean, very, very near it. Um, anyway, uh, so let's see. Oh, and I was just reading the uh, Wall Street Journal's talking about how between the handling of the uh, situation in Gaza and the immigration compromise, it's not passing anyway. The left flank of the Democratic Party is leaving Biden. He's governed way too far to the center for the left part of the left. And I'm uh, the thing that immediately hopped into my mind was it's it's become such a meme. Everybody's seen it. I think the 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 continuum with a smiling stick figure, me, and then the right and the left, and and the left is is right next to him on the left, and the right is a little farther away from him on the right, and then the left just keeps moving further, further, and further away until they shout at him, bigot, and he hasn't moved anywhere politically, and then the right is saying, buddy. So the political left has moved so far left, they think Joe Biden is just way too conservative. So, okay. Meanwhile, yes? You want to hear something weird? I know this is going to be a distraction, but it just hit me like a thunderbolt for some reason. Yeah, go ahead. I'll get back to this. This happens every once in a while, I think, to everyone. So I mentioned Joe watching the video of Joe Biden shuffle across the White House lawn looking really old. And then I thought, boy, my parents are going to be like that someday. Then it hit me like a lightning bolt. I'm going to be like that someday. Wait, what? It's weird how we live our lives like with this denial that we're ever going to be like that. Correct. We're ever going to be old or die. Yeah, old guys who walk hunched over and stiffly, it's because of lack of character. I'm not going to be like that. It's weird. It just hit me just like it was, and it almost made me shudder, just like, oh. That's wow. right. That will happen to me someday if I'm lucky. It's another existential angst Tuesday. Well, where did that where did that come from? It's always hanging out there. It just yes. only like seeps into your the front of your brain every now and then. Yeah, I try to put it off. Well, I yeah, try to accept no, it best as a man can. Well, there's and, no uh, point in dwelling on it whatsoever. It would be you'd be crazy well, you to could dwell on it a little bit. A little bit. In what way? Well, just the the haunting words of the great David Cassidy on his deathbed. Now, I'll give you a minute to get past the fact that it was David Cassidy. Keith Partridge? Keith Partridge. Pop star for a cup of coffee in the 70s, then bitter the rest of his life. Alcoholic. But his last words were uh, alcoholic, were reportedly so much wasted time. If that doesn't hit you in the heart, you ain't got one. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, I see hey. what you mean. Yeah, so it's worth thinking about that is going to come so you you get more out of today. But Yeah. Anyway, weird, back <sighs> to stuff that, it's you just, know, given that means practically nothing. It's weird, though, Holly. I just go through my life all the time never thinking about it. And all of a sudden, it hit, blah! <laughs> it, like, rattled me, and now I'm over it. I'm back to normal. I think everybody deals with that from time to time once yeah. you get past a certain age, yeah. I thought this was some really good analysis. Uh, Sean Davis is one of the head guys at the Federalist, and, and he's much more uh, soft on Ukraine funding than I am. Um, and, and we disagree on some of the stuff that he gets to eventually, but it almost doesn't matter. I thought this was really good analysis. There's a, uh, and it's uh, Senator John Barrasso making a statement about how uh, we couldn't get to a border, border deal because the evil, evil Biden administration, essentially. Um, 
There's a lot going on in this statement from John Barrasso, one of Mitch McConnell's top lieutenants and the head of the Senate Republican Conference. Barrasso and McConnell are in a real jam here because it was Mitch McConnell who actually negotiated the abominable amnesty bill with Chuck Schumer. And it was Mitch McConnell who enlisted James Lankford to sell it. The entire exercise was a disaster, and now McConnell is trying to wash his hands of the whole mess. So who's to, who to blame? So that's the key question Republican senators are trying to answer. In the statement from Barrasso, it's obvious that McConnell has decided to cast Langford as the victim, and Joe Biden, who doesn't even know what decade it is, as the mastermind behind the amnesty bill debacle. What's really going on here is members feel bad for Langford, who they genuinely like, and are not happy with McConnell for making them nearly walk the plank on one of the worst immigration bills this century. McConnell has been slowly losing control of his conference due to his poor health, which his staff are unable to hide. I saw McConnell talking about this yesterday, and it was Biden-esque. He is ancient and and weak and failing. Anyway... Uh, his staff are unable to hide in his increasingly poor decision-making. McConnell is losing his grip on power. Everyone in the Capitol knows it, even if they won't say it out loud. And this is causing an existential crisis among incompetent McConnell staff and hangers-on, whose entire livelihoods depend on the ability of McConnell to browbeat industry interest into hiring them and giving them money. You know, that is a harsh and somewhat long sentence. So let me slow down for a second. It's causing an existential crisis among McConnell's staff and hangers-on whose entire livelihoods depend on the ability of McConnell to browbeat industry interests into hiring them and giving them money when they're done on his staff, which is how it works in D.C. Without him, they are nothing, so he must be propped up and protected at all costs. Meanwhile, a group of moderate senators trying to figure out how this whole thing went sideways so quickly has formed what Senate insiders have dubbed the Poor James Caucus, as in Langford. Poor James didn't have a chance. Poor James was put in an awful situation. Poor James deserved better than this. They feel sorry for them, but they don't want to blame him for the whole mess. So what to do? So what do McConnell's lieutenants do when it becomes obvious even to them that no one is going to support the bill they desperately wanted to pass? They can't publicly blame McConnell, even though deep down they know it's his fault that he's not really up to the job anymore, and it's probably time for him to move on. Easy. They blame Biden, who is such an obvious political mastermind operating at the top of his game, for tricking poor James Lankford into shilling for a bill everyone knows was written by McConnell and Schumer. Then he makes a fairly amusing dark Brandon reference as if he's the master player pulling the strings behind the scenes. And uh, so, anyway, long story, slightly shorter. And I would agree, McConnell has got to be on his way out. Uh, I have several thoughts on this. Starting with the age thing, you know how John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on the same day Mm -hmm. at a very, very old age? What if that could happen in American history again, where Biden, McConnell, Pelosi, Schumer... Trump, maybe a handful of others, all just die in their sleep on the same day. <laughs> and we start over. <laughs> I think all the Secret old. Service might come to see you later today. They're all very old. Well, this, How do you imagine all of these people will die in their sleep on the same day, sir? How, how did Thomas Jefferson and John Adams both die the same day on July 4th, the 25th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence? I mean, it's stunning. But um, anyway... Uh, uh, interesting, referring to it as the amnesty bill. We talked about this earlier, how the punditry is all over the place. Some of my favorite 
pundits, and I mean they're border hawks, say this is the best deal Republicans have ever had the first time that they weren't going to have to give on DACA or any of the amnesty stuff, that the Democrats are such in a jam. Mm-hmm. And this guy's referring to it as the amnesty bill. So Yeah, I know. I know. Um, there is definitely a vein on the right. We want the entire loaf every single time. And anybody who doesn't demand it is a rhino and never given an inch. It, it sells clicks. It's super effective as a media strategy. Uh, in terms of governing the country, it's it's hilariously impossible. Well, I don't know how many of that crowd are secretly open borders types, because that's what we've ended up with. Oh, that yeah, I see what you're saying. If I'm running, well, I almost mentioned a specific meatpacking company. If I were running Joe's uh, House of Meatpacking, and I needed lots and lots of cheap labor, every time a reasonable border uh, compromise came up, I would call it an amnesty bill and try to kill it. You're right. Good point. Now, I have some of my some of my favorite pundits hate the thing, but it's not. It's definitely, usually it's pretty clear. All the pundits on one side lean one way and all the pundits, but it's mm-hmm. this one is more complicated than that. And again, it's a stupid system that it's been out for 36 hours or whatever, and it's already dead. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is the sort of thing that should be de- debated and, and massaged for weeks and months until we come to some sort of agreement, but that's not the way we do things anymore. Well, right, yeah, it was written behind the scenes by uh, Schumer and McConnell. Who both could die I in think their sleep on the same oh, day. my God. Again, he goes, well, I'll be doing the show solo for a few days, folks, as Jack's interrogation ca- trundles on. I hope you can join me. Everybody's so old. Yeah. It's nuts. How do we get to this? Is it the... Well, I, I guess I know the answer to that question. It's that uh, the capital is its own country. It's its own civilization. And incumbency matters more than anything, and nobody dares take on the leadership because the leadership pulls so many strings. This is not a new thought, but is there any other realm of life where you turn to an 80-year-old for advice? Financial, medical, anything. No, you might be kind to them and have a conversation with them. And Good morning. The only exception i could think of is maybe parenting advice other than that i got nothing well a parent though if they were maybe a parent, maybe maybe not advice in what, put them like in charge of 43 <laughs> put them in charge of what and what other arena of life would you put an 80 year old in charge ever it's insane <laughs> it really is I'm not for an age limit or I don't think competency tests like Nikki Haley says, because the competency competency test should be our own eyes and ears. And then we go and vote. Uh, So I heard a very uh, good and cogent argument that uh, to call our system a democracy is perfectly reasonable. Anybody who says, no, it's not. It's a republic is just quibbling because it's anyway. So I'm going to use the term democracy. If you don't like it, fine. Here is this is going to be a, an old school college. My, ki- my kids had that argument just the other day. My sixth grader and eighth grader. Anyway, we have no time for that. Um, the why I, I'm I've changed my mind on that. But um, a traditional high school college debate. Here is my my uh, proposition. Is that what you call it or assertion stipulation? Our democracy is nearing its end. Now hit me with the counter argument. <laughs> me with the no this part is thriving right yeah i don't know 
I'm ready for what comes next. I've stockpiled gold bars. I got my freeze dried food. Weaponry, please. Well, that big NBC poll that came out the other day had the uh, Supreme Court, uh, respect for the Supreme Court at its lowest, its approval rating. So all the institutions are underwater by a lot, and it takes a long time to turn that around. That doesn't get turned around overnight. Now, it has the our institutions. Congress, presidencies. Even the liberal USA Today had an article the other day about how uh, Trump appointed justices to the Supreme Court, but it hasn't given him a lot of wins. And the article is about how reasonable the Supreme Court is and how many uh, compromised yeah. decisions they have and Good how few five to fours there are. Although they didn't phrase it that way. They phrased it as a Trump gets his comeuppance. But yeah, that whole uh, narrative that it's an out of control rogue court that's dangerous and Extreme. ought to be torn down. How damaging is that? Very. They, they say Trump is trying to destroy our institutions? Right. That's a horrible thing to say, and it's utterly untrue. Yeah. Nope. The president really, uh, he, could, he could be responsible for 10 to 15 of those points in the drop of the Supreme Court since he took office. Absolutely could be. Yep. Uh, we will finish strong next. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefits. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think I have something pretty interesting for the One More Thing podcast. We do every day after the show. So we do four hours of radio, then we do a standalone podcast that does not go on any radio station. Sometimes it's got swears. Oh. And you can check that out at armstrongandgetty.com. I wish we could hook you up to a blood pressure cuff right now. I would love to see it skyrocket. <laughs> oh, this boy. is... Uh, this was posted by MSN, but it's a Washington Post piece. <clears throat> Inflation has fallen. Why are groceries still so expensive? God, we are not a serious country. <laughs> we should always, not you and I, but as a society, use the term the rate of inflation. Right. The rate of inflation has fallen. Why are groceries still so expensive would be even stupider than this. Because people don't understand what inflation is and how it works. But they go to a great deal of trouble to try to explain to people without ever saying, look, no, no, the prices don't go backward. Except in some specific cases, the super volatile stuff like gasoline and, and bacon. That can actually decline in price depending on certain market conditions. But overall, in general... Oh, no, overall, no, no, they're never going backward. Unless there's, and, uh, you know, Chairman Powell, uh, Jerome Powell tried to address that on 60 Minutes. Unless there's some sort of economic cataclysm, no, they will never go back. And anybody you hinting is hinting that they should have or might just doesn't understand inflation. Of course, that's why Biden went with, it's the green grocery stores, big grocery and their green inflation. I was just saying to Mitterrand. Tell the Snickers bar story again. That's his story every stop now. Hi, Joe Biden here. Standing in back of Joe Getty. Oh. Kirkland Signature Salon Formula. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> here comes final thoughts. Vote for me in 2020. <laughs> so I don't know what gross. That was. Here's your was the president sniffing my hair. Oh, okay. Gross. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Michelangelo, lead us off. 
Well, my wife wants to dress up the kittens. One in a Chiefs outfit and one in a 49ers outfit for the Super Bowl. So I don't fight. So I'm becoming, you know, those kind of people. Wow, you got to tweet out a lot of pictures of that. Cat in a football shirt guy. Katie Green, our esteemed <laughs> newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? I just want to tell you guys that I absolutely love this job, and today is my one-year Armstrong and Getty birthday. It is? What? Yeah, it's been a year. That can't be right. Well, that explains yeah. how old I've gotten. <laughs> oh, I got the calendar wrong. Oh, my Lord. Well, it's been a great... I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah. we'd love having you. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Jack, a final thought? Michael, how hard is it to make that cheese dip? It's not hard it at all. It's not? Yeah, oh, yeah. You can make could, it easy. Could even I do it? Absolutely. Because, man, I cannot watch a Super Bowl without some really thick, hot, the web- delicious... The recipe fatty. will be on the website. Your kids will love it, Jack. Yeah. Cool. Turn, don't turn up your nose at the, uh, I sound like Joe Biden. I really need to pay more attention. I'm tired. Don't turn up your nose at the seven-layer taco dip. Also an excellent dip. I know you're a hot cheese man, but oh, the beans, the guac, the sour cream. So much to enjoy. The, Too com- the, the salsa. Too complicated. Old Simple Jack needs one ingredient. Uh, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another gru- hot cheese. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. We're out of time. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. It's simple. They love each other. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. It is what it is. Yeah. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. Are you sh- don't you think that's a little odd? Yo, oh, what the hell are you talking about? July, I haven't said a word, so stop yelling at me. When it comes on for you to go, you have to go. I said bye. Oh. And that's it. Oh. And on that possibly nightmare-inducing note. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.